0: Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon we're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message tell your neighbor love is in the air and you may hear that this morning and think well I'm not married I'm single love is still in the air love should still be your language okay we we need to learn to love one another Let me just tell you quick two things uh, that I read about marriage. Those of you that are contemplating marriage, I don't know if that's an idea. But they say this about marriage, that it's a three-ring circus. First there's the engagement ring, then there's the wedding ring, and then there's the suffering. Now, I don't know about marriages like that, but that's what they say. Let Let me share another little story. On the morning of her birthday, a woman told her husband... I just dreamed that you gave me a diamond necklace. What do you think that means? And then he looked at her and he says, well, maybe you'll find out tonight. And so that evening, the man came home with a small package, all wrapped up, and gave it to his wife. And she ripped off the wrapping paper and found a book titled The Meaning of Dreams. (laughs) So now, marriage isn't, it shouldn't be that you're dreaming about a marriage that that's not quite there yet. You shouldn't have to dream about it. Do you hear what I'm saying? You shouldn't have, to, shouldn't have to be some faraway dream. It shouldn't be a, a suffering either in your marriage. You know, we all go through times. You know, it, it, it's, we're never up on a high. Let's face it. Anna and I are going to be celebrating 25 years of marriage later this month in July. And you don't get there without, you know, some of this ebb and flow. But what we've learned to do is to communicate with each other with love. You have to learn to communicate each other with love. So having said that, I want to talk to you this morning about how to stay in love. How to stay in love. Now, we all know the latest divorce statistics. They're not good. They're not good. And that goes for the church world as well. Uh, and I'm not here to beat you up if you've gone through that. I know how that works, so uh, that's not my goal here today. But the reality is, you could flip a coin right now, and you can, you can have better odds of calling that than your marriage working. How many know that? Your, 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 your odds are pretty much right at the get-go that it's not going to work. But I'm here to tell you there is a way for your marriage to be on solid ground, and it's right here found in the Word of God. Amen? Amen. So, is it possible to stay in love? Yes, it's, it's possible, but not probable according to the world. According to the world that we live in. How many, just by a show of hands, were raised in a divorced home? Just raise your hand, if you were raised in a divorced home. So, see, there's hands all around you. All, all around you. And, and then, sometimes that, that perpetuates in our own lives, because that's what we saw modeled to us. Amen? But I want to remind you today... That God has a plan for each of you. It doesn't matter where you came from, what your background is. How many are thankful for that today? Amen? Aren't you thankful that God has a plan? Amen. There's something inside of of each of us, you and I, that desires to have a loving relationship. I don't care who you are. What you may say that uh, as a single person, well, I'm fine. I don't need nobody. You ever heard anybody say that? Maybe that was you at one time in your life said, I don't need nobody. I got this. I I can do life by myself. But here's the thing. Deep down inside of us, God birthed and placed something in you that desires to have an intimate relationship. And that's a God-given gift. Amen. And, And so... That's what I want to talk to you about is how, how to develop that love, how to keep in love, how to stay in love. Love is a verb. Say that with me. Love is a verb. It's an action word. It, it's, um, you know, my, my dad, I'll, I'll just use him. They've been married 60. It'll be, this July will be 61 years that they've been married. So they've taught us a thing or two on marriage, right? And, and that's something that's not very common nowadays. You, it's hard to find people that have been married because they're 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 all dead, but you know people that've been married for sixty years, seventy years, eighty years—it's just very rare. But one thing I, I learned from him and in his old school way—it's it wasn't ever words. He would never tell my mother to this day, "I love you." That's just not his language. His language is is action, is is a verb, it's it's, it's doing things for her. How many men are like that? Come on, just be transparent. Just just admit I'm not the. Gushy Hallmark guy, but but I'll do I'll I'll, I'll sweep the yard I'll, I'll take out the garbage I'll do all these other I'll cook dinner, but I'm not gonna be all gushy and mushy and you know most guys are like that or some guys are like that I shouldn't say all of them but my dad was like that but he what he learned was that his his love language was action it was doing things and consequently when the, your spouse sees that they receive they have to first of all understand okay that's his love language. That's his love language, is doing things for me. And, and kind of be content on that, because you can't change somebody. Either they're a romantic, or you're just not going to draw romance out of somebody that don't have romance in them. I don't even know what I'm talking about? And I see women shaking their heads. Okay. Let's take a look at the words of Jesus, and they're on your outline today. Actually, uh, no, they're not on your outline, but maybe we have them up here um, Let me read this scripture first. Let me read this scripture. If you'll stand with me, this isn't on your outline. And I apologize for not putting it on there. But I wanted to add this one too. John chapter 13, in the book of John. In chapter 13, starting with verse 34 and 35. These are the words of Jesus. So listen to these words. A new command I give you. Say that with me. A new command I give you. Love one another. Love one another. So, so this isn't just specifically talking to relationships to, to husband and wife. It's talking about everybody. Every person here. So listen to the rest of this as, as it goes. It says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That was... That was mind-blowing back then. This was unconventional back then. You didn't love one another back then like this. You only loved the people that were like you. Jesus was saying, no, enough of that. You are to love one another. And that's the new command that he was giving us. So let's bow our heads and let's pray this morning. Father in heaven, I pray for wisdom. I pray for enlightenment now. That you would guide me through this rest of this message. And Lord, more importantly, I pray that you open up our understanding. That God, that if we haven't been loving how you want us to love. If we haven't been that person, that that man, that woman. That you want us to be in terms of loving relationships. Help us this morning how. And Lord, it's never too late. It's never too late to learn a new trick. Father, I believe you can show us how. And I pray that, Lord, this morning that you open our eyes and our ears to your word and what's discovered in your word this morning or this afternoon. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning or this this afternoon. I got it. it's gonna take me a while to get used to this. So love is in the air. Love is in the air. Okay, I see everybody that was my age and older because they, they know that sound, that music right there. Amen? How, how many brought back memories right there just listening to that? Love is in the air. And, and that's the way it should be. How many had a good week this week, Valentine's week? you know. How many were there last night? Give yourselves a hand if you were there last night. We had a great time at my house. We had, uh, I believe it was eight, 18 people. I lost track. 19 people there last night. 19 people. And we had a great time. Give it up for uh, Chef Thomas again. He did a great, great job last night taking care of us. Awesome, amazing job. And we just had a great time. But what I'm trying to inspire and what I'm trying to encourage each of you couples by having you over is that love one another. Yeah. Communicate with your spouse. Value them. Amen. Value them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and it's not easy. I get that. It's not always easy. Sometimes us men, we have this this granite veneer on the outside that that we got to chip away at. Women, you got to chip away at that. But here's the thing, single people, if you see that man before like that, you're not going to change him. You're not going to change him if you're going into a relationship thinking you're going to change him. He comes as he is. He comes as he is. It's like buying, you know, something on Craigslist. You get it as is. Amen. Let me let me look at another scripture here in First Corinthians chapter thirteen. First Corinthians chapter thirteen. While you're looking for that, let me just point out three things. Marriage is sacred. Say that with me. Marriage is sacred. God hates divorce. Say that with me. And third, marriage is designed to produce children of good character. Did you know that? Let, let, let me repeat that again. <laughs> marriage is designed to produce children of good character. And here you were thinking that marriage was just about me and my woman, me and my lady, me and my guy, right? It's not about that. It really isn't. That's, and the main goal of it is to produce children of good character. Did you know that? Amen. But it only comes about if you're living a life that they can look up to. It only comes about if you're living a life that they can look up to. So, having said that, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I believe this is up on the screen. It's also on your outline. Listen to these words. This is the love chapter in the the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Men say that with me. Love Love is patient. I don't know why I'm picking on you men today, but maybe because I'm there too, you know, I... I feel a lot of these things too. So, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects... Always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Wow, if that's not a wake-up call right there to show you what true love is. Because I read that, and immediately, immediately I begin to say, love is patient. Am I being patient with my wife? Am I being patient towards Anna? Am I being patient towards my kids? Am I being patient towards my church, towards the people around me? Love is kind. Am I being kind to you? If I'm not, what I'm really saying is I'm not being loving. But it goes on. It, it says, does not envy. You know, we can always say, man, the grass is greener over there. I wish I was like that person. Or I wish I lived over there. Or I wish I drove that vehicle. Or I wish I had this kind of a job. But what God is saying is, you've got to learn to be content where he puts you. Amen? Amen. Can you, be, can you learn to be content where he puts you? Because yes. the word of God is saying here, don't envy. Don't envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. Are you constantly putting each other down in front of your kids to top it off? I mean, that's one of the worst things you could ever do as a parent right there. That's commandment number 11 in the book of Rick is do not dishonor one another in front of your kids. It's not self-seeking. In other words, it puts my spouse above my needs, above me. Think about that. Because this is what a loving relationship looks like. Even if you're not married again, are you putting others above you? That's what love does. It's not easily angered. Oh boy, I may have touched a the nerve there. It's not easily angered. I don't know what sets you off. I don't know what sets any of you off, but everybody has a button. Everybody say, I have a button. button. Because you do. Everybody has a button. And when that button is pushed, you can be easily provoked to anger. It doesn't matter how many times you come to church, how many times you lift your hands, how many times you worship God. Everybody has a button that you can push. And you know who pushes those buttons the best? Your spouse. And you know why? Because they know you the best. They know you the best. They know how to push your button. And that's where you have to be very careful. The Bible says here, love does not easily anger, it doesn't become angered easily. Now, there's a place for righteous anger. Jesus demonstrated that in the Word. There's a place to righteously be angry. But what the Bible's talking about here is, in relationship don't be easily angered and here's a big one it keeps no record of wrongs there you go again doing it i remember back in 1982 when you did that same thing and on and on and on right how how many people have ever done that or thought that maybe you didn't say it out loud but you thought it you did the same thing and we got in the same situation and here you go perpetuating the the problem the Bible says it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always, and listen to these words, it always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. That's what true love looks like. Amen? Amen. Yes. Philippians chapter 2, and we have this verse also up here on the screen. Philippians chapter 2 Verses 3 through 8, and I'm going to go through these verses here, but starting in verse 3, the Bible says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Are you valuing others? Do Do you think you're so great and so mighty that you don't have time for people around you? You know, there's this word, it's called, and Aretha Franklin knew this word really well. It's called respect, right? Respect. I was going to play that song too, but I thought, no, I better not. Respect. One thing I've learned in 25 years of marriage, almost 25 years, is I need to respect my wife at all times. There's one thing in your marriage or in a relationship, even if you're not married, even at work, if you don't have respect for one another, the relationship is bound to fail. It's going to fail. But if you establish respect for one another, that can go a long ways. Can I get an amen this morning? Yeah. You know, you're, you're not the most important person in the room. Think about that next time when it's just you and your spouse. You're not the most important person in the room. You should, you should defer to them. That's really what love does. It defers to them. It says, okay, honey, you go first. Go ahead. And then, man, we got to Listen. See, God gave you two ears and one mouth, so he wants you to listen twice as much as you speak. So, so we need to listen. And then when they tell you something that you know is not right, or the story is wrong, don't correct them. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Show respect. Show respect. Paul is saying here, respect, honor is saying that's how you treat your loved one. That's how you treat them. If there's one thing really truly that I can say about our relationship with my wife and I is that we've respected one another. She does that amazingly well. I learn from her, I learn from her. Um, One thing, young people, single people, respect one another. Once you cross that line of, of disrespecting, you can't go back. It's very difficult to go back. Once you disrespect somebody, How many know what I'm talking about this morning? It's very difficult. So again, you have to learn to respect. Remember, love is a decision you make. It's a decision. It's a lifestyle you choose to live. It's a verb that requires action in your life. Value him or value her first. Put them first above your needs. Now, verse four of that scripture. Do not look to your own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Have you tried discovering an interest in your spouse or in that person that you're trying to get along with? Have you uh, tried giving up on the fact that you love this and you love that? What about them? What's their interest? What are their goals? What are their dreams? What are what makes them tick? Have you asked them that? Spouses, do you really know what makes your spouse tick? Have you asked them that? There's nothing. You know, I've left conversations and I've been told this. Man, that Ricky, he's a good listener. He's really, he, he and I had a great conversation. I, ever, I never said a word. All I did was I listened. And, and most people, they want a listener. They want someone to listen to them. Yes. So when when we first started dating, my wife, and I've said this before, she loved the city, going to the big city, San Francisco. And I don't like the big city. I don't like San Francisco. But because I love my wife or my, 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 my fiancé at that time, we would go to the city. That was our first date in the city. And we went on a cable car. We went and did all these things uh, at the tourist area, Pier 39, and had a great time. And we've been back many times because I love her. Now, do I like going there? No. I'd rather be home. Uh, I'd ra- I have fun going to the beach, you know, just... Somewhere quiet away from the people, but she loves that, so I go amen amen, amen. amen. guys i 'm trying to help you okay women i 'm trying to help you as well this morning or this afternoon live as if they are the most important thing to you amen if you 're not doing that and you 're struggling in your relationship, these are reasons why this is this is what the apostle said upon uh, or building upon what Jesus said. Listen in verse 5. He says in your relationships with one another. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who being in very nature God. Did not consider equality with God. Something to be used to his own advantage. Rather he made himself nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant. Say servant. Servant. Ooh, boy. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Say humbled himself. himself. Wow, these are tough words Jesus is saying here. By becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. What Jesus is trying to tell us here is these are some of the things that you and I need to do. Now, fortunately, we don't have to go to the cross and be nailed to a cross. How many are thankful for that today? But what he's telling you is you need to be. Think of yourself less than the person you're with. Less than. Be a servant to them. Honey, is there anything else I can do for you? You know, have you ever even said that? Wife, look at your, elbow your husband if he's never said that. Come on now. Now, also, humbling yourself. We, we, we can get high and mighty as spouses. We can begin to take advantage of one another if we're not careful. We have to value our spouse, value that that loving relationship. And to maintain that loving relationship, I have to let go of my rights. You know, we live in a culture and a society that says, well, you're entitled to that. That's that's wrong if they don't, you know, yada, yada, yada. In a relationship, you have to let go of all that. You have to let go of that and say, you know what? For this to be a loving relationship, I forego my rights and I serve you. I serve you whatever it is that you need. Because see what happens when you have that attitude. Your spouse then reciprocates. She gives that back. He gives that back to you. See you're going to get what you give. If you give. If you give a, a terrible attitude. Guess what gentlemen. You're, not only are you sleeping on the couch. But you're going to get a terrible attitude back. That's how it works. So again. Christ wants us to let go of our rights and be loving. Amen. Christ let go of what he deserved so you and I could receive what we don't deserve, his unconditional love. Amen. His unconditional love. And on your outline, my first point here is to stay in love it requires it requires that I yield my needs to the needs of the one I want to be loving to. That's what I'm saying. This is what Christ said. We have to give up our rights. We have to yield to the person that we love. Now, is that easy? No, it's not. I, hear, I, hear, I heard somebody say, no, it's not. You have to learn that. It's like learning a new language. It's like learning a new language. And for some of you here today, you're in a place where you need to begin to learn that language today. Yes. Today. Amen. Today. You can't wait a day longer. You have to, if it means getting on your knees and submitting and say, honey, honey, you know, uh, let me just lay it out here. I I apologize. I'm sorry. You know, whatever it takes, you have to protect your marriage. Amen. You have to fight for it. Amen? Amen. I need to always place my spouse first. Again, I mentioned earlier, don't correct your spouse if she's wrong or he's wrong. You know, you're all telling the story. We've all heard this. We've all been in places, and you know the story is not the way it went, according to your recollection. Well, she might think that's exactly the way it went, or he might think that's the way it went, and here you're going to interject and say, no, just hold it. Keep it in. Save it for later, because at the end of the day, does it really matter if the story took place in San Francisco or in Emeryville? No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. So don't blame each other. Don't pick on each other. Because what that is, is disrespect. Really, that's what it is. It's disrespecting your spouse. You may not think it is, but it is. It's disrespecting your spouse. So again, learn to be loving with each other. Our, Our point number two is, Christ modeled that you and I must die to ourselves so that there may be an intimate love relationship with the one we love. I'm so thankful that we don't have to go to a cross. See, Jesus said, I'll go to the cross and I'll pay the price for your sins. No matter what you've done, no matter how great you think it is or how tiny you think it is, Christ paid the price once and for all so that you wouldn't have to. And he wants you to develop that type of relationship in your loving family, in your family. So one of the ways you can do that is you can spend the rest of your life trying to be right, or you can be happy. You can spend the rest of your life trying to make a point. Or you can be happy. You know, I, I always ask myself this one question um, when it comes to asking questions. Is this question I'm about to ask, does it make a diff- will it make a difference six months from now, a year from now? If it makes absolutely no difference, then I drop it. I don't I don't say it. And believe me, that'll save you some grief, I think if you use that same type of analogy in your life, is it going to make a difference even a month from now? If, if it's, the answer is no, then drop it. Yeah. Amen? Amen? You can spend the rest of your life winning all the arguments. I know there's in each relationship, there's always one that wants to be right. There's always one that wants to be right. In my relationship, that's me. I won't deny it. But I know a lot of times I'm not right. And, and my wife is right. But somehow, I don't know about you, but there's something inside that, no, I got to be right. I know I was right. And, you, and we stand up and we, we almost want to fight because we think we're right. And it's foolishness. Amen. It's really foolishness. Amen. You have to set aside that. And you have to sacrifice for the person across from you. Because what happens if you end up winning all the arguments, if you win, end up making yourself right, making these points, you won't be in love At the end of the process. Because you'll have burned somebody out. That's tired of hearing it. Tired of hearing it. And I don't know about you. But I don't want to be that person. And I certainly don't want you to be there. Amen. Amen. And then our third point is. Christ discounted the opportunity. To be right. Because how, how many know. He didn't have to go to the cross. He was absolutely right. What he was saying. So he could be loving to others. And have a love relationship. To be loving and to stay in love with his bride, the church. The Bible calls the church his bride. He was the bridegroom is what the Bible describes him as. And in other words, we can, listen to this. To be honoring is to treat your spouse like they are the most important person in the world. Wow, that was a revelation for somebody here today. That was a revelation right there. Treat them like they are the most important person in the world. I'm going to use an example, and I'm glad Mother Betty's here, because Brother Ed did that amazingly, amazingly well. He always, always treated Mother Betty like she was the most important person in the world. Sometimes like she was the only person in the room. Amen? How many have been in our Bible studies, and and he would say, I think Mother Mother Betty's getting cold. (laughs) Things like that. But the man was opening her door Amen. Close every single time. Yes. Not when he just went to church, but every single time he would open her door. Amen. Take a clue, man. Take a clue. I learned from that man. I, I need to do a better job of that myself. But treat your spouse, treat that person that you're trying to love like they're the most important person in the room. That's how you stay in love. Amen? Amen. If I can get the worship team up here so I get ready to close. Love is a verb. It's something you do. It's hard. It's not easy. But it's something you do. Let me ask you, is it worth it? Yes. Absolutely. How many have seen this in in your lifetime? Of course you have. You don't even need to raise your hand. I know that. But with hard work, by making it a priority, I see some marriages that are here today that shouldn't be. There's things that your pastor knows that doesn't go out here publicly. But I see marriages here today because they worked at it. They worked at it. There are sacrifices, but it's all worth it. It's easy to fall in love But if you will take these steps of making love a verb, making love a verb, you will have and discover what a loving relationship is all about. I want to challenge you this week in your marriage, in your relationships, those that aren't married, just in relationships in general. Listen to this. Does something else come before your spouse right now? Is your marriage first? Make your marriage first. Your marriage, listen to this, must come before your children, your job, your church, your friends, your smartphone, your social media page, and everything else. Making your marriage means saying no to certain things. Making a relationship work, a loving relationship work, means saying no to other things. Hey, Alex, you want to go out tomorrow night? I'll treat you out to dinner, Black Bear. Come on, I just want to treat you. Oh, Pastor Rick, I'd love to go, but you know, I promised Melody I was going to spend some time with her. That's how you answer that. Amen? Amen. If you have commitments like that, don't break them for, my, for other people. Keep them. Yes. Honor your spouse. Honor them. I, I want to do something here as, as we're getting ready to close. I want to have every couple, and I'm going to have my Bible, and I want to have every couple come up here. And I want to just say real quickly, as you come up and lay your hands on this Bible, and if your spouse isn't here today, I want you to come up here as well. But I want you, I'm going to say, we place our marriage on the Word of God. I want you to say that and lay lay your hands on here. So as we get ready to close, I invite you to come on up. If that's you this morning. I want to put up the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 again, verse 4, starting in verse 4, 5, and 6. Can you read this together with me? Read this together with me if it's up there. Go ahead, let's read it together. Love is patient. Love is kind. kind. It does not envy. It does not not boast. It It is not proud. It It does not dishonor others. It It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. evil. But rejoices with the truth.
1: truth. It always
0: protects. Always trusts. Always Always hopes. Always Always perseveres.